Zoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Anthony, I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit here. But also, for people younger than me, I'm going to throw myself under the bus. So Anthony just played the uh, the French hour opener. Um, and it, that spawned because in the break I said, I am le tired. And Anthony did not get the reference. Nope. I did not. So there's a there's a famous early internet like one of the first viral videos ever was this like sketch I guess it's a sketch comedy um, uh, by this company I think it's called Albino Black Sheep uh, was the the company um, or the the people I don't know whatever whatever they were called the outfit that produced it um, but it was about like a nuclear war which sounds way less funny when you say it out loud than it is or than the video was um but it's just like the idea that like all these countries were going to start firing missiles at each other and the whole thing and like the french were involved and it's like but i am a little tired and it's like okay so take a nap and then fires the missiles and it's a whole thing and now i'm going to require you after we hit play on the take command mock draft 1.0 for you to go watch it and then we'll discuss later in the show um so if you if you get the reference and you're you're like anthony how could you not but I, it also is like one of those those situations where the age difference between us is enough that I'm actually not that surprised that you didn't know the reference. But I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you about the early internet days today, Ant. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I'm just here to educate, to educate the youth. Thank you, old man. <laughs> I'll take I take that. I deserve that. <laughs> I deserve that. All right, uh, mock draft 1.0. Uh, I explain how we do it in the in the clip, so I don't need to over-explain. Logan, me, draft picks. Let's go. It is time for Mock Draft 1.0 here on Take Command. Logan, does it feel good to be back in the war room? If you're watching uh, on YouTube, you got the draft in front of you. It does, man. It's exciting, you know? Like, uh, And again, like the draft is so funny. I had, I had a coach tell me one time, and I didn't even think about this, but... It's so much prep. It's 400 guys of prep for like five picks, you know? And so like, this is always just a reminder, like all that work for just such a, such a small thing. So, yeah. And we, you know, you do, you run a bunch of mock drafts if you're a team to try to do a bunch of different scenarios. And I will, I will tell uh, the listening audience, I did a test run to make sure I remembered how to use this little mock draft simulator. And lo and behold, when I hit start draft, I was very confused because Caleb Williams was on the board. Uh, we're going to let, here's how we're going to do this. We're going to let the uh, computer pick for every other team, not Washington. So Logan and I, we do mock drafts later on in the process. We'll pick for everybody. Yeah. But for today, for mock draft 1.0, we are going to go through pick 40. So we'll get the, the commander's first three picks. We will let the computer pick for everybody but Washington. Also, we are going to pick as ourselves. We're not trying to anticipate what Adam Peters and company right. will do. We're going to so do really. what we would do at these spots. Right. I mean, they don't know what they're going to do yet. So, you know, their guests, their guests would definitely be better than ours. Uh, but uh, it, it is, we don't have any intel. We're not doing this based off information. We're doing this based off of our thoughts for positional needs and what we think of the players and all that kind of stuff. So uh, when I hit play on, on the first one that I did as a test, uh, the Bears <laughs> took Drake May. And I was like, sure, I'll take Caleb Williams at two. Right, Select. Right. Um, I doubt that's going to happen again. I guess we're about to find out. Any other uh, disclaimers or things that we want people to know before we dive uh, in? And, and we'll, we'll go through a couple of picks as we go through the list that are surprising to us, you know, of the sim, just to give some context. But yeah, it's yeah. You know, computers picking, so. Yeah, so we'll we'll definitely give some feedback. We are using PFF's Mock Draft Simulator, uh, which is obviously going to lean into their rankings. If we used another Mock Draft Simulator, this might come out differently. Uh, that's all the background. Three, two, one, Logan. 
time to start the draft. All right. Uh, the team before us, the Chicago Bears, has taken Caleb Williams, which wow. leaves the top player. I know, stunning. <laughs> stunning. Especially after they didn't on the last one. Um, so that leaves top players on PFF's board uh, just to, from a position or a positionless uh, standpoint. Marvin Harrison, Drake May, Malik Neighbors, Joe Alt, Brock Bowers, Roma Dunze, uh, Cooper DeJean, the quarterback, uh, cornerback out of Iowa. Uh, on down the list, obviously, Jaden Daniels is going to be someone that we're going to consider. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Turner, Jared Verse, the top two edge guys. Uh, but Logan, I, th I think that we are both in the camp right now that quarterback is the way to go. Uh, yeah. But it, let's let's play the game for a second. If you weren't going to go quarterback, what would you do? So if I wasn't going to go quarterback, I would try to trade back. Obviously, that'd be the first thing I would do, right? If I could trade back out of this spot, I think that'd be excellent. Again, because uh, you know, if you don't love one of the quarterbacks and someone else does, they're going to pay a lot to move up for that spot. And I look at right. all these dynamic playmakers. You got your Marvin Harrison Juniors, your Malik Neighbors, your Joe Alts. Like those guys, like. Joe Alt and Marvin Harrison are really easy projections to NFL starters. So let's say you got one of those guys at five, for example, right? And you got another pick in the first round, and you're able to draft another dynamic playmaker. You know, name your guy. Because I do think there is a lot of talent in the top 120 picks of this draft that you should feel good about. So if you could add picks there and add a pick next year, I think that's 100% the way to do it. But, you know, like, I think it's going to be really hard, honestly, to pass up on a quarterback at two, especially because I think you're going to fall in love with one. I think the staff, I think teams on the league are going to fall in love with one of these guys because I've already fallen in love with one of them. And um, I don't know how you feel, Craig, but I think we should probably take a quarterback. Or do you want to trade I, back? I think so, too. So my dream scenario, I was telling you about this the other night, and, and you were very excited about this. My dream scenario is that the quarterback that we don't fall in love with or that Washington doesn't fall in love with is the one New England falls in love with and that someone else is also in love with that guy. So essentially what you can do is trade back one spot because you can call New England and say, hey, you like Drake May, right? And they're like, yeah. yes. And it's like, okay, we want, we want Daniels, but we are comfortable trading back to five or whatever else because we think we can get someone else that we really love and the, let's say it's five because that's the Giants, right? Yeah. Uh, or the Giants are at six. So like, hey, we don't love our guy that much that we wouldn't trade out and go back to six. So if you want Drake May, you got to make a trade with us mm. at three. We'd rather go back to three than six. But if you don't make the trade with us, we're going to trade back to six and the Giants are going to take your guy. Now you get to fleece New England out of something, move back one spot, still get your guy and get an extra asset. That's the dream scenario. But yeah. you also can't overthink it. You don't yeah. want to lose your guy. And you could get played by New England and they could wind up stealing your guy uh, from you. So I think that if if you like one of these quarterbacks, you just don't mess around. You make the pick. And I think that's what I would do. I, the, I would also point out just from an informational standpoint, if you want to get an extra first in this draft, Arizona is the team you want to trade with because they right. are sitting at four. They have Houston's pick 27 and I actually wonder, like, would this trade get accepted? Four and 27. Yeah, it says would likely be accepted. So four and 27 for two. Mm. That's that's very intriguing, especially yeah. if you're going to wind up at four getting Marvin Harrison Jr. or Joe Alt. Or maybe can you convince Arizona that they that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to get drafted by someone else? Like that to me is the ultimate scenario. But 
I do think I would probably just draft a player. And I think that player is the same guy you want to draft. Which is who? Who's your guy? Jaden Daniels. Yeah, Jaden Daniels is my guy too. I, you know, and again, we're still early and quarterbacks are hard to evaluate. And again, the difference between them is very small. But they're just in that 2023 season, he was awesome. And again, he turns down open receivers to run the football. He's not a perfect prospect. But there's something about it, man. The ability to make plays when you need to make plays. There was something, you know, that reminds me of the playmakers at the position in the NFL. And I just thought, that's the guy. And it was a down year for Drake May. I acknowledge that. 2022, he looks awesome. But, you know, the recency bias is high for this. So I would probably go Jaden Daniels. I would too. I just, I look at the way, you know, you can't punish him for having open receivers, uh, especially when all he does is put the ball in stride to the open receivers down the field. Like that accuracy still yeah. is accuracy. Even if he doesn't have to make as many contested throws, he's going to have to make at the next level. He also doesn't throw the ball over the mi- middle of the field as much. That was kind of the offense, but you do see him hit throughout some of the, the season, yeah. like some backside digs and like those throws are there on his tape. They're just not as frequent because of the way the offense is called. The thing that you obviously need to figure out is like mentally, how is he going to operate in this offense? Right. It is a space read type of offense. It is not a, prog- a pure progression type of offense or a, sorry, a, a coverage reading kind of offense. So like how does... How does his ability to read your offense match up with his skill set? Um, that's the question. But from a physical tool standpoint, great arm strength, great accuracy, unbelievable explosiveness as a runner. Does need to learn how to not look like a cartoon character when he gets hit. Yes. Um, but other than that, like there's a there's just a ton to like. Yeah, a ton to like, and uh, you know the middle of the field thing. I think is 100 percent valid. You know because I think that's one thing Drake May does really well. Um, but I do think he's accurate and he's not afraid to be aggressive with the football. And again, he's thrown to some really good receivers, but I like the aggressiveness that he showed, right? He's not all the time, but I like the tight window ability. I think there's some value there that, that seems to translate better to the NFL level. And again, it, the draft's a crapshoot, but if I had to pick today, which is what today's February, whatever, it's four, like, February 14th, don't tell Valentine's your wife that Day. you don't know what today is Valentine's Day. And uh, if I had to pick today, I'm picking Jaden Daniels, but I do reserve the right to change my perspective <laughs> on this as we get closer to the draft. For sure. And the last thing I would say about Jaden in the air raid and specifically Cliff, think about what he did in Arizona. It's like, let's get yeah. Hollywood Brown. Let's get DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I want to push the ball outside to my receivers. That is how he ran that offense. It wasn't an and offense that ran a ton over the middle of the field. So when people draw the, the RPO connection and the personal connection to Caleb, the air raid connection to Drake, I'm like, I don't know. You want a guy who pushes it down the field on the outside, outside the hashes? Jaden Daniels, bam, that's your guy. I will say when I was watching the film last night, pulling clips for, for the show, one of the things that came out to me was like, they are, he, or I don't know if this was, if this was a Cliff thing or if this was a Kyler thing. Anytime on the backside of three by one, they're running goes. They're not running backside digs. They're running goes. Goes are comebacks. And and I, they got so many explosive plays because, like, on the backside of three by one, even if it's cover three, they're going to play match or man coverage to that single receiver side. So if you've right. got a guy over there like Terry McLaurin, like Jahan, a guy that you think can win those consistently, they had um, A.J. Green and Hopkins, obviously, just Decent. ripping by people. And they found a ton of explosive plays. And when you watch LSU, there's a lot of similar similarities there in terms of that deep ball accuracy, that touch to layer it in over the defender and give your guy a shot in the right position. So I think that's a great point. In addition to the, the quarterback running stuff, in addition to the RPO stuff, in addition to uh, some of the play action pass stuff, that deep shot aggressiveness 
is something that I think you see in the air raid all the time, and you see it in Cliff's offenses, especially the last time he was calling plays at the NFL level. So the card has been sent in. Jaden Daniels, that is our pick in Mock Draft 1.0. All right, we'll now watch Drake May goes three, uh, Marvin Harrison fourth. Uh, if you Pretty want to pause any so point, far. yeah, Roma Dunce. Uh, I set this That's, on slow so we could kind of go through it. Malik Neighbors, I'll stop it for sure at 10, but if anybody yeah. sooner. Uh, Cooper DeJean, the corner out of Iowa, seven. Nate Wiggins, corner out of Clemson, eight to Atlanta. Olu Fashanu, nine to Chicago. And then the Jets take Joe Alt. Um, so that is where we are through 10 picks, Logan. Anything uh, super of note there? Yeah, I don't think Cooper DeJean goes that high. I think Cooper DeJean's an excellent, an excellent football player. I think he's... Like he's so fun to watch. He returns punts. He's got great ball skills. He's got great instincts for coverage. I think the combine's going to be big for him. His film's awesome. Like his film's amazing. But is he a safety? Is he a nickel? Is he kind of that hybrid Buffalo nickel linebacker? Because in college he plays all of them and he's good at all of them. He plays outside corner. But like, what is his role? And again, that lack of elite athleticism is a little bit makes me a little bit nervous. And I think athleticism is a wrong thing to say. Because he is a tremendous athlete, like his coordination's off the charts. But mm. you know, is he does he run a four does he run a four five or does he run a four three? And I think that'll really affect his draft stock. So I don't know if he'll go that high. Also, Joe Alt going after Olufushanu, little surprising. I feel like Joe Alt's a lock. Um, but I think the other picks in that in that range are, are pretty spot on. They they feel like guys that'll go there. Obviously, no. Did Brock Bowers go in the top ten? I forget. Uh, no, we don't have Bowers yet. So that yeah. that's one guy. But that's the thing is like you get a positional run on receivers, uh, Harrison, Adunze, neighbors, then corners, Dijon, Wiggins, and all of a sudden you're looking at a Brock Bowers outside the top ten. Like some one of these guys is going to fall. You can't have twelve top ten players. That's how it works. And I think the other thing about the storyline there is. Only two defensive players in the top 10. I think that's how it's probably going to go. I think the receivers in this class are awesome. So I think you're going to see a lot of them go early, a lot of them and, and often. Like, and I, so I think that feels very realistic because honestly, that's the best, probably the best position group in the draft class this year. Yeah, for sure. And there's going to be more to come. All right, let's continue on hit play, resume draft. Vikings on the clock at 11. They'll take Brock Bowers. There he goes. Uh, 12, Bo Nix, QB4 off the board. Uh, Dallas Turner to the Raiders. Uh, by the way, Nix to the Broncos. Talisi Fuaga to the Saints. Uh, Jazaran Newton, or J sorry, Jerzon Newton uh, to yep. the Colts. Tarion Arnold to the Seahawks. Uh, Latu Latu, your guy, UCLA to Jacksonville. JC Latham, the tackle uh, out of Alabama to Cincinnati. And then Jared Verse, uh, edge out of Florida State to the Rams. Uh, and then Kenyon Mitchell, the corner out of Toledo to the Steelers. So in those 10 picks, Logan, what stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously Bo Nix going 12. I, I understand that that's kind of the hot thing right now. Is it A.J. McCarthy going there? Is it Bo Nix? It'll be interesting to see how that actually plays out. Obviously, they're looking for a quarterback. They're looking for a young guy. And people are pretty polarized on Bo Nix. I, I was pleasantly surprised by his film. People are pretty polarized on AJ McCarthy. His film, like obviously the athlete, the physical ability is there. I just the consistency is hard to find because he's only thrown the ball like 150 times in college football, you know, so not a lot of throws right. to kind of get your evaluation. But the athlete, the tools are there. But again, it, it, anytime you've got kind of these really polarizing opinions on a guy, 12 just seems way too high. And I think you were telling me in your first mock draft that you did 
um, AJ McCarthy's there in the second round, right? Yeah, and JJ so, McCarthy going like fifty. JJ, uh, I yeah. think. And in, in when I I did that, the one where Caleb Williams fell to second, so crazy. Yeah. So so that that's kind of the, the story. Anytime a quarterback goes, that's surprising. Obviously, Talisi Fuaga is one of my favorite offensive line in the class. Not surprising. I think Dallas Turner is interesting. He's such an interesting prospect because he's immensely physically gifted. He just moves and bends like kind of like very Von Millerish, but like mm-hmm. not always has the best plan. And so like it's totally a projection. So I would probably take Latu or Jared Verse above him. But again, I that is not surprising to me that a team would fall in love with his ability. And obviously the corners, Quinion Mitchell and Arnold, I think are really exceptional fo- football players. Quinion Mitchell was the standout at the Senior Bowl and I think he's going to be an excellent football player. So no, no surprise that, you know, a guy that was maybe a second round player now going top 20, strong senior bowl with strong college tape at a smaller level. That's what that'll do for you. So um, off the top of your head, is there anyone on the board right now where you're like, I would give up capital to go back into the first round and get him uh, knowing that, you know, kind of what's coming in these next 12 picks. So, you know me, Craig, and we've done a lot of shows together, done a lot of draft talk together. I'm not a big fan of giving up capital for, a guy, even if I have a really high evaluation on him. So a guy that I really like is Darius Robinson. I love his film. I loved him at the senior bowl. Like I've talked about him glowingly at every, every facet, but I'm not going to overvalue my evaluation on him. And cause I think there's other good football players that, and I want to make sure I can get two good football players instead of one good football player. Right. I agree. That's ultimately yeah. my thought. So uh, we'll see as we go through here, but there's really, it'd have to be a very specific situation, you know, like obviously for quarterback, let's say we traded out of that top spot, for example, and we took a receiver, an offensive lineman, and there was a Bo Nix or a Penix or a um, JJ McCarthy. Yeah. Then you'd probably, I'd consider trading back in. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that I would say. If you have a quarterback that you love, and especially if you trade it out sooner and you pick up a little extra capital, that's buying you, you know, you're playing chess. You're thinking one or two moves ahead here where like you trade back a a crew capital that you might use some of to trade back up later because that fifth year option on a quarterback is so valuable slash do you make sure you get your guy at the end of the first round. All right. So with that, let's, let's go 12 picks. Let's finish out this first round and then we'll get into the second and the commander. So the dolphins on the clock at 21, uh, they take, uh, Mims Mims, tackle out of Georgia, Kool-Aid McKinstry, all name team, cornerback, Alabama (laughs) Eagles, uh, Jackson powers, Johnson center out of Oregon to the Texans, Troy Franklin receiver out of Oregon to the Cowboys, your guy, Tyler Guyton tackle Mm -hmm. out of Oklahoma to the Packers, Brian Thomas, Jr. Receiver LSU to the bucks, Braylon Trice edge, Washington, uh, to Arizona Ennis Rakestraw Jr. Uh, who is the cornerback out of Missouri to Buffalo. Kamari Lasseter, corner out of Georgia, well-liked by a lot of folks. Uh, He is going to the Lions. Lad McConkey, wide receiver out of Georgia uh, to the Ravens. So a couple of Georgia guys. Uh, But Jordan Morgan and then Byron Murphy, uh, the defensive uh, lineman out of Texas. They go the last two. So, Logan, uh, Real quick, let's t- pick pick a guy or two that you want to talk about, and I'm going to reload this draft, uh, and and we'll get to the second round. Yeah, I mean, obviously the tackles going there, I think are it's, this is what it's going to look like, and they're going to be the guys that indicate the draft. And uh, Tyler Guyton, you know, with the Pro Bowl, with the Senior Bowl that he had, is going to go probably first round, right? The thing I love about that draft is that there's some good football players still on the board, like Lad McConkney going to um, uh, to Baltimore. I think is he's an excellent receiver, slot receiver, going to be an excellent pro. But that means that 
an edge, a tackle gets pushed to the commander. So when you see picks like that, uh, Morgan going to um, going to San Francisco, I think is a really interesting pick because he's probably a guard, right? Would he add value to Washington potentially? But I think he's a better fit for that scheme there in San Fran. So again, that pushes players that, again, I think are better fits here in Washington to us. And I think that's pretty, uh, pretty exciting. So obviously, uh, you know, lots of, lots of things there in that last 12 that shape the, the, the first two picks of the second round for the Washington commanders. All right, that was Mock Draft 1.0 from me and Logan. Uh, if you want to see what happened next, a.k.a. pick 36, pick 40 in that Mock Draft, you can check it out in the Take Command feed on YouTube at 1067thefan uh, or, of course, Take Command wherever you get your podcast. While you're there, go and subscribe to our show, the Hoffman Show Podcast. You missed anything, like our interview in Hour 1 with Field Yates. It's already up right now. Coming up next here on the Team 980, we will do our first edition of the season of NBA tier rankings. Same four tiers as we use for the NFL, for the NBA. That's next on the Hoffman Show. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Here on this Thursday, a Thursday at 5.30 during NFL season, Anthony, meant we would do our NFL tier rankings. Well, now that we don't have to do that anymore, or we not even we don't have to, we can't do that anymore, I think perhaps we should we should switch it up. I think we should show a little bit of our versatility, if you will. And uh, what do you mean by versatility? Well, we're not just we're not just football guys, Ant. Okay. We've been known to talk a little hoop okay. every now and again. Yeah. Uh, so why don't we do the same exact exercise with the NBA that we used to do with the NFL? Say it ain't so, Craig. I say it is so. Now, one thing we do have to get straightened out, I just realized, is the music situation. Do we have a go-to? I mean, the obvious answer would be round ball rock. But I think we might run into some copyright issues there. That is a heavily protected song. So I'll tell you what, on my uh, to-do list, before we do this again next time, remind me that we need a song for this. Yes, sir. Something that says power rankings. But we don't do power rankings. But the song should say relatively power rankings. The reason we don't do power rankings is because it's too hard to just go one through 30 and be like, these. What, is this team better than this team, this team better than that team? I know a lot of people do it. But I think it's a, it's a better bet to look at these teams and say, who belongs in the same neighborhood? What tier do these teams belong in? So our categories, and Anthony, I feel like I'm missing one. Interesting, but not quite good enough. Where prime contenders is like the top of the league. These are your obvious title contenders. The, the If they were to wind up in the NBA Finals, done. Got it. Oh, that's right. Uh, our middle tier, that's the one I couldn't think of, or our next highest tier, is what we call puncher's chance. So, not a favorite. If they lose in the first round, second round of the NBA playoffs, not very surprised. But they also, there is a path. And I think there's two very obvious uh, people, there are two teams that wind up there. 
Then there's interesting, but not quite good enough, which is exactly what it sounds like. Like these teams aren't the worst in the league, but they're not winning the title. And then there is uh, no chance, or as Anthony has put it, no chance in heck for these teams. We can go ahead and put Washington Wizards. Sorry. We will get to Denny Obvious night. Uh, in you just put a the Wizards there before the Pistons? I mean, it's the local team. That's what that had to do. Okay, that's fair. They equally, you, you want to feel better? Detroit Thank you. Pistons. Okay, so we can do this one of two ways, Anthony. We can either go through the East and then go through the West, or we can just go through the league standings kind of in the same way we did the NFL. I actually kind of think doing it by conference is going to be more interesting. I agree. All right, let's knock out the East first. Okay. How many prime contenders realistically are in the Eastern Conference? I mean, are we including Joel Embiid? Are we considering him? I would think we have to consider him. Six to eight weeks? Ah, it's a long time. It is, but if he's back for the playoffs, they can beat anybody. Yeah. Big if. And there's part of me that goes, like, if he comes back and he's healthy, like, the fact that he's gotten eight weeks. It's not eight weeks off, but, like, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, I don't know, maybe some time where he hasn't been playing and accumulating hits and knocks and, and the rest of his body is resting is yeah. not the worst thing that's ever happened to him for him finally surviving a playoff run. The obvious, Boston's obvious. Boston Celtics are, are a real legitimate contender. Mm -hmm. Do we think Milwaukee, who's having the weirdest season in recent NBA memory, is a legitimate contender? I mean, I think Doc is going to eventually figure it out. Um... I can't count on Giannis and Dane. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I think Milwaukee has to go here. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they have a walking top five offense that they haven't even fully unlocked yet. Like, mm -hmm. I think they could probably run some more pick and rolls. And, you know, who knows, you know, buyout market. Can they get one more shooter or something? You know, but at the end of the day, Doc's there to fix the defense. And we'll see how that goes. It might take a little bit of time, but... Um, they still do have a formula from a couple years ago they can kind of go back on. Are they missing Drew Holiday? Absolutely. Are they also benefiting from Dane Lillard? Yes. So I, I would say Milwaukee, you just can't bet against them. They have to be in that discussion. And they've proven it, by the way, because they've smashed some teams even if they're having a weird year and nobody seems happy. Like the vibes are off. They don't pass the vibe test, which is important to me. But I do think that's in part because there's been so much influx and there's a little bit of damage to undo. Then there's Philadelphia. I think for right now, Philadelphia goes in puncher's chance. And I don't know how long it's going to be until they get out of puncher's chance because realistically, until we know that Embiid's good to go, um, they can't be a prime contender. But if, mm -hmm. if JoJo is good, I do think it's worth pointing out that, like, you know, they're still in that top six. Maxie's having a career year. Maxie, by the way, not scared of anyone. That dude is such a freaking gamer. And they're playing like decent ball as of late um they are oh i got my camera in the way uh, actually no sorry they they were playing decent ball in the immediate aftermath of jojo's injury now they're three and seven in their last 10 so apologies on that um but they you know tyrese maxi's been great for them they make the move for buddy healed at the deadline like i i think that team is well built it's just a matter of will they be able to put it together this year uh yeah i agree um puncher chance i like the Sixers there. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think they they, they got to get Joel and B back in order to, for them to, you know, really be a prime contender. He was again playing MVP level basketball, averaging career highs across the board. I mean, so you lose do you a guy realize like that. just how good? And maybe you knew this stat, Anthony, but maybe maybe a lot of people listening didn't. You know the the season that will average fifty a game. Yeah. So will will Chamberlain one time played 48.8 minutes a game, I think it was. So, like, he played every minute of every game, including some overtime games, basically for an entire season. In that season, he averaged 50 points a game. That will never be matched in, in the history of the league. This season, however, points per minute, Yep. Joel Embiid was ahead of that pace. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play fourth quarters. They're it's destroying crazy. teams. Crazy. So, if he can get back, they're going to vault up. And if he's playing at that level, but without... I think it's I think it's too much to ask to put them there right now. There's one other team that I feel like has to get mentioned. Um but I don't I think they're going to go in puncher's chance. Oh my gosh, you about to do that to them? Which team do you think that I I'm The about Cleveland to say? Cavaliers? Not them. They're definitely in puncher's oh, chance. You're, put, I don't even, you're honestly, definitely like, I don't, putting them in puncher's chance? They're definitely not a prime contender. They're, they've never made a conference finals, bro. You're right. You know how the NBA goes. You're right. Um, you you kind of got to go through the phases. Um, but. The New York Knicks. Are the New York Knicks good enough? Like, is Jalen Brunson good enough? Josh Hart. That I mean, they've got championship medal from all those guys playing together in college. Uh-huh. They made a couple of moves at the deadline. Yep. The, the Ananobi trade's been pretty good to them so far. Do they belong on the same level as Boston and Milwaukee? Or are they more Cleveland, Philadelphia, et cetera? I mean, I think they're a puncher's chance, but I don't think we're giving the Cavaliers enough credit. Ooh. That's now all I'm saying. Take, talk, talk to me about Cleveland. I mean, just defensively, they've been as stout as, like, anybody. And I think – Getting Evan Mobley back has been a huge uh, help on the offensive side of the ball as well as defense. But I feel as though last year when they uh, they lost to the Knicks, um, it was more so they couldn't get anything done on the offensive side of the ball. They still did a solid job on the Knicks um, defensively. But, like, now we're seeing uh, Jared, Jared Allen more involved. We're seeing um, Donovan Mitchell's offensive game. And he talked about, you know, him possibly being in the – MVP race, and it's because he's making the people around him better. Um, some of the role players that they got, Dean Wade and Sam Miro and things of that nature. So I just think the growth from last season to this season has been very uh, uh, noticeable um, when I've, you know, watched the Cavs and Donovan Mitchell. So I think if we're going to put the Knicks in punch chance, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with keeping putting the Cavs there, but they're number two in the East for a reason. They are, in part, because they're 9-1 and one in their last 10. Yeah. And Mitchell, Mitchell's hard, because last year the playoffs were not very good for him. They were not. Back to a couple right. of years ago when he dueled with Jamal Murray in that, that bubble series. Like mm-hmm. He's got some big playoff games on his resume. I just don't trust him. Okay, that's fair. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay puncher's chance for now. All right, anybody else puncher's chance in the Eastern Conference, or are we about to get to a whole bunch of interesting but not good enough? I guess the defending champs probably deserve a mention here. And then we can quickly buzz through the rest of the conference. Do the Miami Heat have a shot? With Jimmy Butler? They always got a shot, don't they? They, they, they really do. Like, you, you, you got to respect the Heat culture. Especially when they were 8-1 or the 8 seed last year. Mm-hmm. 
All right, Miami goes there. All right, interesting but not good enough. Um, Indiana? Yeah, I think you put the paces there because they can score with the best of like anybody, to be honest. But defensively, they are lacking. Oh, my gosh. Yes, they are. Ooh, it is it is not good uh, in the uh, that that side of the floor for them. Uh, Indiana, Orlando, Chicago. I will put. I, mean, the I don't magic even know how. There. How is Chicago ninth right now? They're so banged up. They're so hurt. I mean, Kobe White have he's having a a, a breakout year. Zach Levine, like. I think a lot of people was definitely uh, leaning on him and hoping that he was going to be able to stay healthy and help the Bulls win some games. But in his absence, Kobe White has emerged, and he's part of the reason they are uh, ninth in the East right now. Yeah, he has been fantastic. Um, Atlanta with Trey Young, I'm willing to put in there. Other than that, I kind of feel like everyone else is in no chance. I'll do, I mean, Brooklyn, maybe. If you mm. want to put them in interesting, fine. But I think they just need to figure out what they're doing, to be honest. I think yeah. McGill, the, the Mikel Bridges as the uh, as a number one ex, uh, experiment is coming to an end. Very uh, clearly not that. I I'm going to put them in interesting right now because yeah. to put them in the same categories like the Wizards feels rude. Um, okay. But that's that's the last team. Toronto, Charlotte, Washington, Detroit. No chance. Yeah, no chance. All right, Western Conference next. Definitely some interesting things to talk about there because the entire Western Conference is on fire. How many prime contenders are actually over on that side of the NBA standings? We will discuss next on the Hoffman Show. First, a look at what's trending. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the team 980. All right, Eastern Conference NBA tier rankings in the books. We'll review uh, as we go through here. Uh, prime contenders. Uh, well, quickly, Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks, Sixers, Cavs, Knicks, Heat as punchers chance, Pacers, Magic, Hawks, Nets, interesting but not quite good enough, Wizards, Pistons, Raptors, Hornets, and no chance. All right, and here's how I want to do the Western Conference especially because um, I think the the standings are so fascinating uh, to see some of these young teams up at the top. Let's just go down the standings. So starting at the top, the Minnesota Timberwolves are currently the one seed in the Western Conference. Yes, that is true. The Minnesota Timberwolves, if you're just now getting out of NFL season and are getting into the NBA, the Minnesota Timberwolves are the number one team in the Western Conference. Where do you think they belong on our tier rankings? Uh, mm. I think you got to put them in puncher's chance. I, I, I wouldn't label them uh, a prime contender just yet. I don't think they have enough experience on the roster. I think Anthony Edwards is still having this coming out party. And a lot of people like to equate him to like an 84 Jordan where like he's still, you know, finding himself like he's going out there, putting up crazy numbers, um, making it to the playoffs, just not really making it, you know, to the, the conference finals and things of that nature. So I think they'll have a chance, but I, I wouldn't label them a prime contender just yet. I would not either. And to me, it's pretty simple. Why? One, very limited playoff experience. Mm -hmm. Two, Got some of their key guys have a history of disappearing or being less effective in the playoffs. Rudy Gobert gets run off the floor in the playoffs every single year. He might win his sixth defensive player of the year trophy this year. And they just, they, the voters love him because he's great in the regular season. But when you get into playoff basketball and you can isolate him and switch him and pick and rolls and do some of the things that teams do to him, 
that becomes less effective. And maybe this is the year it breaks through. Maybe this is the year that it's different. He and Carl Anthony Towns are obviously playing a lot better together, and Ant has gone to a whole new level. But I cannot trust them. They're a puncher's chance to me. Oklahoma City Thunder are the two seed. Shea Gilgis Alexander, very legitimate MVP candidate. Very good chance he could win that, especially as some of the other top candidates might struggle to meet. Like Joel Embiid's not going to meet the games uh, require games played requirement, for instance. So uh, depending on who is the the survivor at the end of the year, a guy like Shea might wind up being the best candidate and a worthy one uh, who is eligible. But to me, they kind of go in the same boat as Minnesota where I love them, they're great, but they're so young and so inexperienced in the playoffs that it just feels like it's too soon for them. Then again, you know, is this 2012 Oklahoma City all over again where they wind up uh, with Durant and and Westbrook and Harden in the playoffs or in the finals? Maybe, but I, I think it's it's at least a year too early for them. Yeah, I think they're just missing one more piece, to be honest. I think you got Shea, and he can handle the, the workload, but when it gets to the playoffs, you, you're going to need some help. Chad is there, but I still think they need another guy to, you know, go along with Shea. He's he's basically a rookie. Like give Chet another year. Yeah. Give Shea another year. Give the Jalen William the Jalen's Williams another he's year. Been killing too. Yeah. Uh yeah. They they've two. One of them is a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be and also, you know, they've got all this capital. Do they make a move? Do they go this offseason and they like, all right, let's unload some draft picks and, and bring in a vet? Um and that, that could definitely be possible. All right. Third, currently in the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Clippers, to me, are a prime contender. Prime contender, baby. They have championship experience in Kawhi. It's a matter of whether or not he stays healthy. Because Paul George has, has had a mixed bag in the playoffs. James Harden, we know, has had a bad playoff history. But he's never been this far down the roster uh, in terms of importance. He can be overcome. And Russ embracing this role off the bench, I think, is tremendous because we sh- we saw what kind of playoff performer he was last year. Um, they've got good depth. They've got guys like Terrence Mann, Zubach, etc. It's just a well-put-together team that's playing at a super high level since they've kind of figured it out with Harden. And I think as long as they're healthy, like they're, I actually think they're the most dangerous team in the West. I know it's, Now I say that, and I'm like, ah, still the Nuggets are the Nuggets, but... I think when healthy, they're the most dangerous team in the West. Yeah, I would agree. Prime contender, those guys. They say give them 10 games. It took them like 11 or 12, but they figured it out, and they are scary. Denver Nuggets, prime contenders, done and done? Yes. Don't need to say anything else. They're defending champs. All right, this is where it gets fun. Woo. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, Anthony. Uh, I'm going to go prime contender. They need Bradley Bill to stay healthy. I think when he's out there, they are a force to be reckoned with, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but if he's not there, I, I'm just going to say they're limited. I don't trust them. I think they are a puncher's chance team mm. because their chance comes from being healthy. Yeah. If they are healthy, because it's not just Brad. Book has had injury Book, issues yep. and Durant's injury history is extensive, especially at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. The chances that all three of them dudes are going to be healthy and clicking just feels like it's a Hail Mary, more so than the Clippers. And they have less they have less room underneath them. Like the Clippers, as long as it's not Kawhi, they could lose Harden, lose Russ, or lose PG and still be nasty. They could still win a series, maybe against everyone but the Nuggets. But if one of those two dudes goes down for 
Phoenix, they're I mean, they could they could win a first round series. I don't think they can make the conference finals. Yeah, I would agree. So I'm putting them in puncher's chance. Uh the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh interesting. You don't even think they're puncher's chance. I would I, I would think they're puncher's chance, but I just it's Zion to be honest. Like he he he's the the X factor to be honest. And I don't really trust Zion, to be honest. If he goes out there and proves me wrong, stays healthy, continues to be the force that he's been, obviously, yes, I'm going to go with the, the Pelicans. They were number one last year before he went down, and they played well again this year. It's just I don't trust Zion, though. All right, I'll move them down. I had them in puncher's chance, but I'm, I'm okay moving them down. Uh, I don't feel too strongly about it. All right, then we have the Dallas Mavericks. I'm putting them in puncher's chance. I do, too. If you have a top-five player, you have a shot. Uh, and you have a playoff performer in Kyrie Irving. Uh, who is Kyrie Irving in the playoffs? Now yeah. they've got some stuff to figure out. They got to they got to get this new cohesion going with PJ Washington in town, et cetera. But they got a shot. Sacramento Kings are the eighth seed. They're interesting, but not good enough to me. Yeah, they were the playoff darlings last year, and they haven't been as good this year. Yep. All right. Then you get to the two that I think are the most interesting teams, and not just because they get talked about on ESPN nonstop, but they are legitimately like there's a reason beyond the star power. The Lakers and the Warriors. Always got a punch chance, both of them. That's you and I are on the exact same page. I think by definition, those two teams, who by the way are both <laughs> seven and three in their last ten games, they have Stephen LeBron. When you get in the playoffs and you have Stephen LeBron, the Lakers just won the in season tournament, and I know it's different, but like it shows that when it's time, he can still get there. AD, he can still get there. Uh, the Warriors are all of a sudden playing better. Draymond looks like a new person. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kaminga. Uh, Wiggins lineup doesn't look Man. like a disaster like it did the first 40 games of the season. Kaminga's coming on strong. Yep. I think they got a puncher's chance. And then the Jazz and the Rockets, I would say both interesting but not good enough. Yeah, both of those. And then Grizzlies, Blazers, Spurs. I mean, the Spurs are always interesting because of Wemby. Did you see the sequence he had the other night, by the way? I mean, I know this is every night with him. Which one? He had, yeah, I know, many. right? Uh, he had uh, b- chase down block. Uh, or I think he had like an assist chase down block, then gets an offensive rebound, kicks it out to kicks it out or no, he doesn't kick it out, gets an offensive rebound off of a shot that he created. So he kicks it out. Dude misses it. He grabs the offensive rebound, winds up at the three point line in between the legs, step back three. Yeah, I did see that. Yes. Like what the hell? Is that? It's crazy. It's crazy. So they're always interesting. They're definitely not good enough, but by the rules of the game, they're going to go down into no chance. So that means uh, Grizzlies, Blazers, Spurs, and no chance. And so it's a lot of puncher's chance teams. Only four prime contenders. That's actually that's different than I thought it would be. Yeah, I think there's a lot more just parity in the the NBA. Mainly on the Western Conference, to be honest. Because it's just... Too many teams over there. And that's the thing is, like, you, you look at a team even like Sacramento. If they're in the East, are they up in puncher's chance? Probably. Yeah. But it's like, can they beat two of these other teams in puncher's chance and one prime contender? No. In a series also. Right, especially in a series setting. So, no. So, thus, down they go. All right, those are our NBA tier rankings. We'll revisit them throughout the rest of the spring. Of course, uh, well, we're not going to do it next week because, one, I won't be here. And, two... Uh, there's no games to be played uh, because the all-star break, but we will pick it back up when I return and the NBA returns in a couple of 
weeks. When we get back here on the Hoffman Show, back to football, back to Ashburn. J.P. Finley joins us with his impressions of Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr. here on the Hoffman Show.